Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a creative genius, a man of calculation and vision assessment. He can meet you at any level of conversation and seamlessly evaluate, evaluate your way of thinking and planning your better way for life. He's a planning man, a thinking man, a leader amongst men. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up and welcome the teacher, the creator, the father, the husband, the distinguished gentleman, Mr. Mel Settles. <laughs> What's up, man? I have to think, I'm like, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. I appreciate the intro, man. That was fire, straight up. Hey, man, you know how we gotta do it. We gotta uplift each other as much as we can, sir. How you doing today? And I'm good, man. I'm definitely good. How about yourself? I'm well, man. I'm ready for you to drop these gems and answer these questions. All right, Michelle, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like deja vu, because I know you've seen the show, so you waiting, huh? Yeah, I've seen the show, man. It's, it's fine, but I really like it. It's uh, really uplifting, man. It kind of um, allow other men to see, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not the only one in this journey. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like island. Absolutely. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Wow. Who? Um, man. You know, like, for me, I would say it was my, I got my father and my brothers and then my moms. Um, I think they, they all played a part in the man I am today. With my dad, like, you know, so I saw my parents, you know, kind of have, did not have, and then get, get back and grind to having again. But, you know, just that foundation, I feel like my dad, my brothers, and my mom gave me a blueprint of what a man should be. And, you know, like any other blueprints, you just kind of rearrange the rooms where you see fit. And so I think that's what pretty much I did in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like my dad, he always would, would drop a gem and drop a jewel every once in a while, you know what I'm saying, and have me thinking. But then I had like my older brother, um, we call, I call him my conscious. And so he always, he made it, my dad would say something, he'll make it like simple and plain, you know what I'm saying? I, like each one gave me specific um, attributes. So like my dad is driven um, and my oldest brothers, he like, he really, he's like, like philosophers, you know what I'm saying? He's like a real good philosopher. He can talk to you about anything. And then like my second oldest brother, he is really good with like hard work, discipline, finances. Um, and then my third one, he like a comedian, you know what I'm saying? So he always cracking jokes. And then the one that I'm close in age to, he's very disciplined. And so I kind of take and take um, something from each one of them to kind of just build me. So I. I feel like I'm a blend of all of them. That's amazing that you take the best parts of people. Unfortunately, too many of us take the worst parts of people because we emulate things. And just like a former guest said, we look at people's outer and compare compare them to our inner. But this right. time you had the opportunity to take from a philosopher, from a comedian, <laughs> which I think comedians are some of the smartest people on the planet. Driven yeah. man and a disciplined man. And you have all these different kaleidoscopes of light that you now have taken. If you can give me one gem from each one, and I don't want to be here all day, but I you said you, you said you said you formed Voltron with these five these five lions in your family. So I would love to hear how Voltron came to be. And those who don't know who Voltron is, if you're too young, look it up. It's a great cartoon. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so my dad, he will always say, never make excuses not to do, make excuses to do. And so, which kind of made me realize not to procrastinate, you know what I'm saying? And so he was like, why put off today what you can, why put off tomorrow what you can do today? And so that was something that I always um, remember. And so like my oldest brother, um, I remember I was going through something in, high, in college, man, where, you know, in college you kind of find yourself, but like coming from Detroit and being like real Detroit, um, in Texas, you know what I'm saying? And then being a math major, I just didn't fit in, you know what I'm saying? City boy, still, you know, still baggy jeans, Timberlands, the whole nine. And so I remember my um, professors would judge me before I even walk in, you know, they would ask the question, you sure you're in the right class? Mm. And so um, at one point, man, I was like, man, I'm gonna just start putting on shirts and ties and start, you know, look like a real, you know, real Poindexter or whatnot. And so, um, my brother was like, I mean, that's fine at Dandy if that's what you want to do. He was like, but don't change for them. You know what I'm saying? He was, he told me like, you change, don't change for them. If you want to do it for you, but remember, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the, the one that comes behind you. So the next city boy that comes, they'll think twice because they, they already encountered you. And so. I didn't change, man. I actually ended up getting a um, teacher assistant job and teaching while I was going through school. So um, that was something I always remember. And then my um, second oldest brother, I remember we had a conversation about um, sex, man. And he was like, he was like, you having sex? I'm like, yeah, you know, you a kid. So he's like, what you mean? You know, you try to play it off. Like you, you know, you're a big dog. Like, yeah, yeah. He was like, no, for real. I was like, nah, man. And so I remember him telling me, if you can wait, wait. Because when you do it, so much comes with it. Responsibilities, emotions. And he was like, it's gonna be very difficult to handle it at a young age. And he was always, and he always said, if you if you can't take it, don't, don't do it. So if you can't take a girl cheating and going crazy on you, you know what I'm saying? Don't you cheat on a girl. And so I always took that to heart, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so my third oldest, man, <laughs> he's so silly, but he will always, you know, he always told me that every day, you know, live a joyful life, you know what I'm saying? Be the best you can be in everything that you do. And, and like, I always take that heart. And so my mom, sometimes we'll talk and she'll be like, you always act like everything is so butterflies. And I'd be like, ah, that's why I get it. You know, I get it from my brother because that's how he is. He always got a joke, no matter how serious it is. And so like, just make, take it for, take, for, take the um, situation for what it is, but always be joyful in that situation. You know what I'm saying? And so I always took that. And then like my, my brother that I'm closest in age to, man, I just watched him. I didn't even, he didn't even really, never even tell me anything. He just, the way he moved and the way he worked, it just, it was like, I just admired him, you know what I'm saying? Like if he struggled with something, he would go in, a, go in a room and like just study, you know what I'm saying? He would just, he'll eat his food, he'll take his food to his room, study, take his food back. Like he just really, he did a lot of studying, you know? Um, and so anytime I get in a situation where I don't know or I have to learn something new, I just remember him sitting there studying. So I always would just, I would isolate myself and study until I got it, you know? So that was like something I always took from, just from watching his moves. Wow.
basically you just told me that laughter is the best medicine while being driven and reading research and always don't take life too serious because you have today to finish it up and what you can do today do today all of those things you just rolled out all philosophies that i hope anyone is listening saying hey i can laugh my way through life in a joyous way still be driven still read and still understand i can be myself true most definitely Voltron is now formed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Voltron. <laughs> I, I want to ask you another question. Your mom, what yeah. is the one caveat that she instilled in you as well? We heard all these great things from these men. Your mom yeah. asked you, where'd you get all this smiling from? But it's it's something that all mothers give to their sons. Um, My mom gave me, um, wow. I'm just trying to think so much. And so so my mom gave me the ability to choose the woman that I want because she gave me the attributes where I didn't have to want a woman. You know? mm. so, uh, and that was her thing. You know, she so was like, you, I don't want you to have to need a woman because you can't clean or you can't cook or you can't uh, provide for, you know, can't do the things that is necessary to keep a house. And so she was like, I'm gonna make sure you, you're able to do it. So washing i'm cooking i could clean um you know what i'm saying so i can take care of a home the way a woman would need to and so that helped me choose the woman that i will i would want to i want to be with you know what i'm saying because i already had the attributes that i'm looking for so you know when you look for a woman you look for a helpmate and so when i was looking for a helpmate i'm looking for someone to kind of um help me fulfill a vision in life you know and so that's what i was looking for and so by my mom instilling that act, those attributes in me, it just, it just made it easier. Your mom trains you to have balance. Yeah. No dependence, you know, just balance. You know, like the, you know, yeah. yeah, you know, so like my dad, he was very strong, you know, back in the day, they weren't really able to actually communicate um, effectively. And so my mom kind of picked up that slack, you know what I'm saying? She will always talk to us and um, make sure we be able to express how we feel. Um, and then, like, now that my dad's older, he does it now more so because, you know, you've grown. But, like, in the beginning, that's where my mom came in. She was like, okay, how do you feel? Why do you feel like that? Um, and one of the things that she always did, she always made sure we had a long time, you know? And so, and she's, she will always say, you need a long time so that way you'll know who you are. You don't have to follow a crowd. You don't have to go with the um, with everybody, you know what I'm saying? You just actually know, okay, I like this movie because... You know, and, and if I don't like it, I don't have to, I can choose not to watch it if I want to, because I'm okay with being alone. Okay with being alone. Let me ask you this question. This is what I like to call an audible. Burr, 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 burr. audible. Everybody, everybody tells me I need a button. Everybody tells me I need a button, but I don't need a button. I got I got sound effects right here. All right, right. <laughs> My question is audible is have you ever thought about interviewing your parents? Doing a whole evaluation, asking them the tough questions one on one where you asked them the most disturbing questions that you had held inside to get clarity and understanding they had a life too. They made sacrifices as well. Yeah, you know, I, um, man, to be honest with you, when when I had my son, like I, like I have my two, so I got three kids, so my two girls, they kind of softened me up, you know, um, kind of check my biasness between, you know, what's a girl thing, what's a boy thing. And so for my son, you know, just having him and him watching me, it made me realize like, okay, I need to do, I need to be the best version of myself. I want to be the man that I want him to be when he grows up. And so, 
and then, you know, most kids, they they hear what we say, but they imitate majority of what we do, you know? Um, I think James Baldwin said something similar to that. And so, um, man, and so in that journey, I literally just started talking to my mom, talking to my dad, asking real, you know, real questions and trying to get an understanding of their upbringing and who they are because their background and their upbringing, you know, I can kind of see like where they instill some of the things in us. And so it kind of helped me kind of heal and, and um, renew my mind and transform some of the things in some of the generational curses that we have within the family. And so when I had my son, I just pledged, I was like, I'm we ending all generational curses right here with this is the end. And so I really been doing a lot of research and studying on like what it means to walk this walk as a man, as a husband, as a father, because it's important, you know, you know, in the Bible it says that um, God should return the children back to his back to the fathers. And so I want to make sure I'm they're returning back to a good father and not just just any old any old type of father though, you know. The subconscious is very important. Your subconscious deep down inside mimic your parents. If you yeah. spend time with them as, as a young infant, as a baby, some most of you is how they think. You just don't have it in common if you haven't asked them the question to see what decisions they made. They might face the same terrain, same rough passage as you do, but they have more yeah. knowledge and information on how to handle it, or they have more de destruction that you can say, well, I know not to do that. <laughs> yeah yeah so that's one of the things that we do because so um i really consult them with like um upbringing you know so my kids they're not the same they didn't they wasn't raised the same way that me and my wife was you know we we laughed because we were neighborhood kids and then we got these international babies and so it was, you know some of the things that they're encountering is difficult for us because we're still you know our perspective is from a, a different perspective you know even though we're moving and we're growing but that perspective is different. And so, like you said, like the parents having more wisdom and understanding, we have to, a lot of times we ask my mom and my dad, like their their opinions, their decisions, and you know, and why they made certain decisions with us. And they made it very clear, you know, on ways that we raise our kids and things that we have to put in place. And, you know, my mom, I remember her telling us, you don't have to, we don't you don't have to beat the kids all the time you know and i was like well you beat us all the time you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know and so when she said that when i when i had my first one like you don't have to you know you got to you as a you when you have become when your daughter comes you got to learn how to discipline without beating them you know and i was like well how you do that and so we kind of discussed like talking and um like just different ways you know talking time out um you know, being able to, for my kids to articulate. And so, like I said, it's like really studying this walk with parenting. Like I really realized like my kids know if they have to get um, reared, it will have to be three things. You know, we talked about when we set the three boundaries, you know, and they could communicate it from my three-year-old to my 10-year-old, you know, you know, you're disrespecting an adult because if you disrespect an adult, you won't be able to grab the knowledge because only a fool only learn from buffing their head in every situation, you got to learn and gain wisdom from parents, from adults. And so if you're gonna be disrespectful adults, that means you're losing out on knowledge. Mm. And so not listening, that's another one. Again, you need to listen. And <laughs> because if I'm, if I'm giving you instructions as your father, that means I'm trying to steer you in the way that you should go. And so if you're not gonna listen, that means you're gonna be steered in the, in the wrong direction because you're making choices. Um, and so 
that that's it. And then we also talked about um, disrespect, um, disrespect. What else I said? Um, talking back and not listening. So talking back. That's the mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And so we no. kind of. And let me tell you a couple of stories real quick here. See, I had to learn for myself. I have a four-year-old. I had to learn when he was three. I had to learn that talking back may not be talking back. For example, he was playing a video game. And I said, hey, man, it's time to go. He goes, well, I can't go right now because I'm finishing this board and this level. In my mind, instinctively, I turned straight into my dad. You better hurry up and get to get off that game. You know, right. That's what you're thinking. But then I stopped and I thought, I said, no, he's actually expressing to me what he feels in his level of thinking he can say to me to have some type of conversation about the game. So I went in there and I said, you know what? Hey, we got to go to the store. We got to get groceries. There's things that need to be done. He said, oh, we got to do some stuff. I said, oh, he said, okay, turn the game off. But that could have went a whole nother way. It could have went yeah. the way that I was thought. Right, right. And so that's one of the things we established, like what does talking back look like and what does it mean? And so, um, and so we, I really, we encourage our kids to, to communicate, you know, and, and being effective communicators. And so um, one of the things that we just um, established, what is talking back, if their mom say, I need you to do this, and they be like, no, I'm like, no, nah, that's not an option. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's not an option. Yeah. And so, you know, so we established, so I, don't, I very rarely have to get them for it for talking back but you know we just established that like this is what it is and so um and i don't like i I, and i never whoop my kids angry you know and so we and they know it and so when they get to a point where they do something i dislike and i know and it and it just pissed me off i would tell them i'm not you in time out right now until daddy calm down because i'm not going to whoop you while i'm angry but you get you know we call it pop pop i don't call it whooping so i'm like you're gonna get a pop pop and so like, and so, and then they know it, like, because I never want to over people, you know That is the worst torture in the world back in the day where you know you about to get a spanking <laughs> in the rear. You got, but you got to wait though. You know, it's what we talk you home from work. You're like, oh man, like just all day you turn your head left and right. Like, I don't know, maybe I should put a book in my pants or something. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Right, right, right. And so we, and I always make sure they understand like why, what's the alternative, like, and I give them options, so you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you can get this pop-pop or you can get, and it'll be like maybe extended punishment. Like it might be something like crazy, like you stay in your room for the rest of the day, no talk, you know, no nothing. And so- um, Time with self. Have, yeah, <laughs> be with yourself. <laughs> and so, so, yeah. so you have these rules. You have the three rules, which I think is very valued. Respect, talking back and listening. Hope you, everyone is listening to these rules. You can, you know, implement them where you want, but also just understand it is a structure and order to run a household. So I ask you this, sir, all uh, this structure, all this order that you have in your household, do you have a vision board? You know what? I don't have a vision board, but what I have is a project book. And so uh, in a project book, it's a plan that I, um, I, I am actually, I'm in the middle of creating it because I learned about it um, not too long ago. I was listening to Jim Rowan and he was talking about, you should have a plan for your life. You know, you know the saying, if you, if you um, don't plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. And so in everything in this world, you have to have a plan. You go, you go to college, you have a plan. Um, they give you a, a plan to um, graduate when you, you know, when you create the world. Structure. Or, you know what I'm saying, so structure. And so the same thing. And so um, what I did is start, I start off with 
um, steps on where I want, where I see myself in 10 years, you know, and that sergeant just broke it all the way down. And so with that, I also had to do what, what was important to me. And so, you know, so I had to do one for my wife. And so I got to figure out how, you know, different things that I want to um, cultivate in my, you know, in my marriage. And so what part of myself I had to develop in order to be a good husband. Um, and then I have a, a father plan, like what are the things that um, I am doing to, in order to be a good father? What plan do I have for my kids? You know, and so what what characteristics, what attributes am I instilling in them and how I'm going to instill them? And so like my kids, one of the things that I, I start off with them is doing puzzles. And so we do puzzles because they're able to see the, see the whole picture as they put the pieces together. And so we talk about like, do you see the whole picture? And then like, no, nah, not really. And so we have to visualize the whole picture. And then when I watch them, how they put it together. And so you'll notice like some, some people put puzzles from the, out, the outside and then go towards the middle. And then some pick images and they put the images together and then they put the whole puzzle together. So it actually gives me a chance to see like how my kids, how they think. Yeah, so, type of yeah. thing. Do you learn more about them? Absolutely, intricately. Yeah. I like I like this planning book. If you could tell me, what is the apex goal in your planning book currently? And what is one that you're currently chasing? Okay, so um, in my apex goals in my planning books, I have one for each one. So um, so my personal development, I am growing um, in my knowledge, you know, as far as in each aspect. So as a father, a husband, um, and as a man. So that, that's like my apex goal that I'm, I'm working towards. Um, one of the things that I accomplished is that I started my project book. And so that was something I learned. And, I, and so just put things in, in, in place and really being a student of it. So I have a project book, but also have a notebook that I, when I read something, when I, when I listen to something, I actually jot down like gems, you know? And so um, what else? In my marriage, um, we do a lot of more, we do communication, we have more, um, you know, a long time. We also, I'm working on, so one of the things I am chasing, I am chasing. <laughs> and so one of the things my wife, cause you know, you learn as, 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 as a man, we, you know, we just want to just get into the act of sex. And so with a woman, you have to create the environment. And so one of the things that I, that I worked on, I talked to my wife, like, what is it the things that I can do to be a better husband? So she like massages. And so I am working on finding, um, to become like, you know, like a little massage therapist for her. So that way she don't have to go pay for it. She can pay me, you know, so that's the, <laughs> pay me in different ways, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, so, uh, you know, I just, and, and that's one of the things. And so like now I have a 10 year old. And so one of the things that we're working on, we actually, we actually did this summer, we doing this summer, we, um, this weekend, actually, we did goal setting. And so we started goal setting. Um, she a gymnast and she, she's a, on a travel team, so she does very well. And so goal setting. So where do you where do you see yourself with it? And then we're now we're gonna tailor it down to like this summer. What are your goals for the summer? How are you gonna accomplish it? And so that's what we work. That's what we did um, this year. And so I'm gonna place it in my in my project book, but I'm also gonna put it on her wall so that way she can see it. And so just giving her that those routines and um, procedures that she needs in order to be um, successful when she get an adult, when she become an adult. And so uh, with my son, you know, I have a goal for him. 
my uh, my five year old have a goal, so I each so they each have their own plan. So each with each plan, I'm there in a, wherever development stage they are. That's what we working towards. Um, and so um, that's what that's pretty much what, I, what my project book is. But the, really, the overarching project um, apex goal is that starting my own business. So I had two things that I um, I've really been focusing on. And so figuring out what kind of business I wanted to um, start and what kind of nonprofit that I wanted to start. And so I believe in that you you can't get something for nothing. You know what I'm saying? You always have to give back, you know, and you gotta reach as you climb. And so, um, and that's one of the things I, you know, because there's so many, so many options out there, but what is the option that fits and tailors towards me and, and my gifts? And so I finally figured it out. And so I just been, I've been working towards it. And so that's my apex goal that I'm actually chasing. You're doing a lot of pouring out. Mm-hmm. You're pouring out, you're pouring out, you're giving to so many people, sharing your light, sharing your ways. What do you do to replenish yourself? What type of affirmations are you telling yourself every day? Um, so the affirmations that I actually tell myself, I, well, I get up, so I have a morning routine. And so in my morning routine, I actually have um, a, a YouTube channel that I, well, actually a, just one um, station that I listen to and it actually pours affirmations and as I actually do my morning um, cardio. And so that's where I get get some of it from. Then I, I'm, I'm a big reader, you know, and, and so by me reading and constantly reading um, different self-help books, it kind of replenish because I think for like wisdom, no matter how much you pour out, it never, it never, it never depreciate, you know what I'm saying? And so you can gain more wisdom, but you can't, you know, like with knowledge, you can never give it out and, and it never, and it depreciates like it's still there, you know? And so um, even though I'm pouring out into to other people, other men, my kids, my family, I don't, that's my duty. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my duty. My duty is, is to, um, to each one teach one, you know? And so one of the things my dad always would tell me, he was like, your life is not your own. And so by me hearing that all the time, it just made it, it makes it, I don't never feel like I'm, I I need to be replenished. Audible question. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to be replenished, but tell me this. Yes. Mel, what does it feel like when you miss your run? Uh, oh, you know what? I used to, I used to condemn myself when I missed my run, man. Like I used to feel like, like crap, like, oh, I did, I missed it, blah, blah. But you know what? It happens. You know, life happens. I have three kids. I have a wife. I have a, I have a job. I'm working towards the goal. So it's going to happen. And so what I do, I normally reflect, why did it happen? You know? And so a lot of times it may happen because, um, I might've stayed up later than I should have, you know, um, or it could have been, I didn't, I didn't look far enough ahead to know that, okay, this needs to be changed, you know what I'm saying? Or I didn't put what I, what made me miss it in my calendar. So that way I remind myself in the morning. And so, um, that's when I started creating an evening routine. And so with my evening routine, I put together, um, a, the next morning to-do list. So that way I know, like, okay, <laughs> There's when, another do to, when do I need to get up? You know what I'm saying? So if I have to do something, let's say six in the morning, that means I need to get up way earlier. And so by me knowing that when I first wake up, 
um, by me knowing that before I go to bed, I plan my day ahead. You know, and so I, I get up, I get in the bed earlier, um, and I also set my alarm, I set my clock, I have my stuff prepared, and so that way I can just hit the ground running. Life's discipline and intentions can be predictable. Yeah. When you write it down and stick to the script. Now you said that you run, you listen to affirmations, and you say you take in some new knowledge, information, reading books. Later on, we're gonna ask that question again, because you know, I wanna see how much 100% are you operating out of? But what yeah. books that you felt that you read that saved your life? Oh man, um, the first one was Seven, Seven Strategies for Wealth and Happiness by Jim Rohn. I think it kind of organized my life, you know? Um, that was pr pretty much the first book that kind of saved my life. I was reading a lot of different books. So I started off with like The Alchemist. I watched, I read um, Richard Man of Babylon. Um, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. You know, all the ones that everybody tell you should read. But, yeah, but it's amazing how much of a frequency all you men across the world on don't know each other. <laughs> right, right. And so when you read those things, you know, and, and you start to hear the same messages over and over again. And so I was hearing these things, but I'm like, okay, now how do I organize my life? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know where I want to be. I know where I'm at. How do I get there? I have a plan, but really, is this the, is this the best plan? And so listen to um, seven, strategy, seven Strategies of Wealth and Happiness. They helped me organize it. And then um, Seven Habits of uh, Highly Effective People. That was the second book that I read that was um, really um, inspiring and actually helped me helped me more because it made me realize um, that I needed a schedule and get and, and to work towards having a uh, planner. And so that's when I picked up the skill of being a planner. And so after that, I realized when I'm planning, I have to do time management. So to manage, what is the management time? The master of the master, master your time. And so that book I read, and so it helped me to organize like how do I put these daily tasks in my day-to-day -day life in order to accomplish, but also to um to manifest everything that I need to do in order to um, get to where I wanted to be. And so that was the that was the third book, but the fourth book that really took me over the edge was um Deep Works by Cal Newport, because it allowed me to realize how to focus. You know, we don't, you know, you're on social media, you're doing Facebook, you're doing Instagram, you're doing all these different things, TV. And so it's it's tricking your mind not to focus for long periods of time. And so when I was reading Cal Newport, it, it, um, Deep Works, it made me focus more so on how do I, how do I concentrate and what, and, and building that muscle of concentration. And so it helped me to work towards, you know, my um, goals by allowing myself time to actually concentrate on a particular task, to write it out, to plan, to schedule, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because, you know, it's hard, you know, your days and your time is hard, but to, to carve out that time to actually put it in place, it makes it easier. And so by and you know with the daily life that you go you have like it's always a distraction so i carved out the time to sit down and do it and put it in place and it just it's just been a blessing man it's truly been a blessing so here we are now we have the subconscious thoughts of your brothers and your mother and your father 
We have the philosophy, we have the laughter, we have the drive, we have the person that goes and does the research for the information, and we also have the stand-up gentleman who does actions instead of talking. And then you have your planning, where you have your wife, you have your kids and yourself and your overall development, you have your affirmations where you run in the morning, listen to affirmations, and you also take us new information from philosophies and your goal setting with your daughter, you're pushing your kids to be the best they can be in every facet, and you sacrifice your life to be of service. Now, through all of that that we just spoke about, tell me, what did you sacrifice? Man, I sacrifice um, being present in a lot of family functions. You know, um, when I went to school in Texas, I was so far, I couldn't get home as often, you know? And so I miss, miss seeing cousins and nieces and, you know, grow up missing funerals of loved ones you couldn't get home to. Um, and so that's the sacrifice that I had to make in order to get where um, I am today. Um, it's, a, it's a big, it's a tough sacrifice. Everybody can't make it. And so a lot of, you know, we end up going home for a little while and, you know, you know and, and it becomes something that you, sometimes you second guess, like, is it all worth it, you know? Um, but being so far away now, I think it, it made it more clear that you, we, I have to make time for it now, you know? And so um, I, will, I will always, I will always um, make up for it. So like when my nieces graduated from college, I sent for them, you know, to wherever I was. Like, let's, where you wanna go? Come on, we gonna hang out. And so stuff like that, I would send, you know, the cars, we'll do the calls, but being at the family functions, getting the laughter, giving, you know, the memories, those are the things that I sacrifice and I miss the most, you know? Um, but when I come home, it's, it's all love. You know, we kind of have, you know, you gain, you gain more memories. You get a, you know, it's a, it's a lot of love when you come home. But, you know, it's very difficult when you, when you have a big family and your family is a close-knit family. And so every holiday, my family gets together every single ho holiday. And so to get a call on Thanksgiving Day together or Memorial Day, I mean, even Sweetest Day, which is a uh, mid <laughs> Midwest holiday, like Sweetest Day, like, hey, what? We fit all hang out. I'm like, oh, y'all enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. Send me pictures. Oh, they right. Call me when they out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. When I was in college and I had my finals, my grandmother passed away and I couldn't go to the funeral. I was all the way in South Carolina and the funeral was in New York, but I couldn't make it to the funeral because I had finals the day before and the day after. I would yeah. just couldn't work. And I couldn't miss the finals because they didn't care about me, about a family member dying. Like, there's so much paper you had to fill out. So I definitely understand when you missed out even on those types of tragic occasions, all the fun ones where everybody is still standing still in time. In right. The right? But you, you're continuing, you're starting a whole nother timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, I, I mean, it gotta, I def, like I said, you definitely gotta um, look forward because you know, as you get there and get to where you want to be, you know, those times, you, you're going to make up those times, you know, not when I, I say make up, you'll make new memories, you'll make new, new mm -hmm. things. Um, and so, like I, like I don't do it for, like, a, my drive is not for me. Like I said, my life is not my own. So I do it for my nieces, I do it for my nephews, I do it for my cousins, I do it, you know, because I was, I was the rough, the rough, you know, the, the rough around the edges one. And so- well, well, let's dive a little deep into that. Rough around the edges, you, but you found your purpose later on in life. But tell me, I wanna know what was your lowest moment? 
and not just to get in your business. This is for yeah. the people who might be dealing with something frustrated, not understanding where they are trying to find their light, their shine, their flashlight in the dark. Please tell us about your lowest moment. Not just tell us though, how did you get up? Man, so um, lowest moment. Man, I would say my lowest moment probably was, um, I would say middle school, high school years, you know? Um, I was angry. I was, I was very angry as a kid because my parents got divorced and I felt like, you know, it was unnecessary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, as a kid, like, why? Like, why? Why y'all got, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's the problem? You know, like, y'all can't talk. You know what I'm saying? Let's get some macaroni and cheese to talk about it. Like, yeah, let's, yeah. and so, and then like our life changed, you know, we went from sugar to, you know, <laughs> to say it. And so it just didn't make sense to me, you know? And so because of that, I was very angry, you know, and, you know, like, when, like I said, like, going through this journey of becoming a better father, I had to, you know, I had to heal from it, you know? Um, but I think how I came out of it was when I started teaching, man, and I realized that I can't tell students to do one thing and not do it another, you know what I'm saying? And so it made me do a lot of reflecting. And so um, when doing, in doing that, I had to come to grips with a lot of things in my own personal life, you know, uh, anger that I had with, with parents, with brothers, with, you know, or my siblings. And I had to forgive. I had to uh, accept decisions that I made that wasn't okay and say that was, I did what I thought was best at that moment, but I can change. And I had to really um, change and renew my mind. And so by doing that, um, I came out of the you know I came out of situation, and it wasn't easy because you get reminded you get reminded when you do something and you done something bad you get reminded people it is so crazy because people you'll see people you you change your life and they'll be like oh he was so bad when he was young and you're like oh <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I be having was, amnesia I'm like what are you talking about right and it's like you don't and so i think i and i realized like i was so angry so i didn't really understand i didn't know how bad i was yeah I'm home and so before i moved out of the country I'm, me and my wife we moved back to detroit and so my wife is from texas and so we'll be walking around you know in a mall or whatever and we'll see somebody from my childhood be like what you doing all day and i tell them like, oh he was so great he was so bad I'd be like <laughs> But everybody, yeah, like she don't, she don't got to know that. Like, thank you, like I appreciate it. Yeah, and so it had got so bad that she was like, "Were you really that bad?" I was like, "I don't know." Like, you know, I really didn't know. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but what about the moments that they say you did something really good? Did it work for you then? Yeah, you know what? I didn't really get the. I didn't really get a lot of affirmations of doing well until um, I graduated from college, man. And that mm -hmm. was like when I received it. It was like, it just ignite, ignited me, you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, I, I fed off of it, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, cool, I can, I'm, I'm gonna just keep going at it. And so that that actually helped me change a lot too, because I was like, oh, this now what that feel? You got that little fuzzy feeling in <laughs> Audible question again. <laughs> <laughs> you get a third audible question today. Number three, <laughs> I don't think I ever thrown as many audibles because this no, is- No, you haven't. This, this, is a, this is a good one. 
this is i was thinking about when someone said the child who never gets compliments may grow up to be the bad one and the good one who always get compliments always grows to be the good great one i disagree mm. with that to a certain extent let me tell you why you can agree or disagree with me i want to hear the child who never gets compliments once he gets his first compliment i believe it would drive him to continue whatever it is he got a compliment on it could be a good thing or a bad thing but as long as he got a compliment on how good he did in that particular area that will be his drive to get that repeat feeling of something he's never got the child who always get compliments once he fails that's when the real journey begins because if you never tasted failure and all you've done is win the recovery of your loss mentally can be detrimental to you as a character as a person agree or disagree you know what? I agree, man. I definitely agree. Um, being in schools, you see it, you know, um, when someone, you can't just compliment say, oh, good job. You got to compliment something specifically of what they, uh, what they did. And so when you do that, it ignites something in any kid. It's like, oh, oh, what was that? You don't say it. it's like yeah. a fuzzy feeling. Like who don't, you know, like kids ultimately wants love and you know wants love and one of my um good friends he would always say a thug me hug sometime too you know <laughs> exactly. so, you know what i'm saying and so it's just that that sense of um comfort that sense of um somebody care you know and so you know i always think about like you know when an old folk that old song uh, i had a praying grandmother you know what i'm saying so, I had that, you know, and, you know, my dad, you know, it got, it got, you know, you always go against, you know, what your parents say and y'all always have that spit and spat. Um, but in, in the midst of it all, um, they instilled so much in me that I knew where I was going, no matter how bad I was, that it was just, it was just, it was just a season I was in, you know, and that's how I always, it's just my seat. You know, I said, this is the season I'm in, I'm growing, I'm maturing, I I had to do some healing. And then once it hit, I, I healed. And then I got a compliment. It was just like, I was on fire. Like he's on fire. <laughs> so I just- Hey, now let's, let's keep that same energy. Cause I got a fun question for you. Let's get out of this, this deep uh, energy. Let's go to the shallow <laughs> waters for a second. Oh, let's go. What have you procrastinated on and why? Man, you know what? Um, lifting, man. I've been running like crazy. So um, really dive, dip, diving in and um, changing um, my health regimen to actually lift it. You know, so um, that's been very difficult for me. I've been kind of procrastinating on it. I'm like, ah, do I, I really don't want to be in a, in a gym for 45 extra minutes. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> like, I'll do it tomorrow. Like, and so that's like the one thing that I've been procrastinating on. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, that's pretty much it. Because the other stuff kind of just spread out. Do you, you want you want everybody to say, yo, go Mel, yo, he mad buff. <laughs> no, man. You know what? And that's one of the things, man. I got a homeboy. He, he buff as I don't know what. I'd be like, duh. I, I can't. I ain't playing. My boy be like, I ain't, I'm not trying to. You know, I'm not trying to win any ships. I'm like, ships? He's like, yeah, no championships, no scholarships, <laughs> nothing. So I just want to be, I just want to be healthy. I, you know, I got a son, I got my kids and and, and they active. And so I just want to make sure I'm active enough. So I really make sure my win was up so we can be racing, but I need to get to a point where, um, like I said, I got to be that example that they see. And so I want to be able 
to show them that you have to take care of your body. Um, and so as we put, like, we have a standard for how they eat. So like my kids, they, you know, they have fruit and like my kids eat fruits and vegetables. So like they eat sweet peppers and cucumbers like on a daily basis and ask for broccoli. And so I can't tell them this is how you live. And then they see daddy in the corner eating a, chop, uh, a chip ahoy, you know what I'm saying? Like straight up, like, <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> right, right, right. And so it's like, nah, I don't want this cognitive dissonance. And, and, and so I just gotta, I want to make sure I mean what I say. And so that, that, that habit, that old habit of, you know, bad eating, I just been, I've been procrastinating and breaking. Listen, I, I, I tell everyone that comes on the show, I'm terrible with food right now. I love food so much. I try my best to, to wean off and just get a little bit. I just recently came back from Greece and they had something called fried, uh, fried cheese. Oh yeah. <laughs> I heard about it. Heard about it. Man, yeah. listen. Man, I had to go back twice, man. I had to go get it. Had to go get it with the light voice. Had to go So enjoy life a little bit. I think everybody should work out, do what you need to do until you hit those moments when you go on vacation. Like, oh, I can get it because I've been doing all this other work. But you right. can't be like me. Don't do no work and then celebrate. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> no work and then vacation. Still don't like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to it. Yeah. Don't do a vacation for your vacation. Just don't do it. Right, right. <laughs> How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're going? I think it's a, I think it's highly important, man. Um, if you're in your element 24/7, um, it's very difficult to um, change that mindset because every everywhere you you go, they, we all have the same mindset. Unless you just with some something totally different than your element, you know. Because um, like for me, it was that's it was important. So when I left Detroit, it gave me a chance to talk to people that didn't have the same Detroit mindset, you know, and it allowed me to expand my own horizon and expand my exposure to different things, different cultures, um, different way of living, um, you know. And so when I moved to Texas, it was like the opposite of, war, of Detroit, you know. Um, we did, we had like, what is it? Um, we call them mixtapes, but I'm trying to think what do y'all call it? Uh, it's like Chicago. So we had like our own music where it was faster. You know what I'm saying? Um, they had Chopped and Screwed. Yeah. So we had House and then they had Chopped and Screwed. So it was like everything was total opposite. And so we were wearing baggy jeans, you know, you know, you wash them, you took them out the dryer and that was that was it. Where they ironed and starched them and they, they were real stuff, real uh, stiff. And so it was really a culture shock. Um, and so just being able to to adapt, I think that it grew my mindset and allowed me to see different things. And then being so far away, it allowed me to be on my own and not have um, have a crutch. You know what I'm saying? Because if I be like, Dad, I need, you know, I need $20, he like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you, know <what> you know what I'm saying? What did you take from Texas culture that still sticks with you today? Uh, politeness, man. You know, um, growing up in Detroit, like it was, you really didn't speak to people you ain't know. You know what I'm saying? We might've went to school together or like if I met you, it's cause we connected through somebody, you know, but you know, it was, you know, that Southern hospitality, you know, yes, ma'am, no ma'am, hey, like in Detroit, it was like, yes. You know, you, you know, it wasn't no yes ma'am or no ma'am, it was yes, it's okay to say yes. And so like, I gained the Southern hospitality, I, um, 
and I speak, you know what I'm saying? When I go home, you know, I'd be in Detroit, like, hey, how you doing? They're like, hey. you know, it's just how I, how you present it. It, it lessens the, the, um, the. <laughs> I got a bad story for me. It had, I went back home to the Bronx and I was walking down the street. I looked at this guy and said, man, how you doing, man? How you doing? You doing good? He literally pulled a gun out of me, asked me, did I know him? I said, nah, man, I don't know you. I just see him. He was having a good day. Have a good day, okay? And then we'll walk away from this angry man. Like I say, I'm gonna go back home. I ain't speaking to nobody. I'm gonna remember where I come from. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I don't know, man. I, 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 but it's you know, for for me, I had really good experience when I moved back. You know, um, you know, you just you know, I speak to people, even people I don't know. You know, they like oh. So they always be like, where you from? I'm like, like, you know what I'm saying? So they just automatically think I'm an out of towner, you know? Even when I went back and I worked in the schools, um, the kids forever thought I was from Texas. And then it clicked, it was like, oh, this is you from Detroit. I'm like, yeah, born and raised. Like, they like, like for real, like from Detroit, Detroit. I'm like, yeah, they're like, oh man, I thought you was from Texas. I was like, why? You don't have a Detroit accent. And so I will put my Detroit accent on form and I'm like, oh, like, oh, yo, you really from Detroit? I'm like, yeah, I'm at yeah. work. What am I supposed to be? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so it was cool. You know, it was a, it was a, it was time to be, it, I think it, it gave me a time to kind of uh, figure out things on my own. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, you don't have, the same dangers, the same encounters when you're away from your own element. You know, it, you know, if you grew up in, you know what I'm saying, in a trap and you leave it and you're in a more affluent area, you have a different thinking, a different mentality now because you're being exposed to other things. And so I feel like when you are removed from that, you allow yourself to grow more, you know? Absolutely. Um, and so like, yeah, you'll grow from reading, but if everything that you read negates everything that you see on a daily basis, I think the eyes is the gateway to the soul or to the heart. And so you gotta um, be able to see different things in order to um, grow. Absolutely. And you basically told those kids, you know, this is temporary. They rent me to come in here. This is the part of the personality that they rent. This is my prestigious side. When I get off, I own all of me. But right now they're renting me to come and teach you so I can pay my bills and go out to my dreams and open up a business and a, and a nonprofit, like you said. The most interesting thing, I'm not gonna let you run from it. You said it earlier. You knew it was one of the questions. The sex talk you got from your brother. Let's revisit that really quickly. <laughs> all right. What about why do, you, why do you think as parents and growing people, we run from the conversation of the sex talk? Why do we always get it from our peers? I don't know, man. I think it's it's very it's, I think it's an uncomfortable conversation. You don't want your kids to I think a lot of parents don't really want their kids to know how nasty they are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, if your kid asks you something, you like, hey, what about my nasty? Or your daddy, your daddy dirty. You know what I'm saying? You're really a dirty man. And I think that's really what it boils down to. You know? I don't think you got to tell them that much the intricacies <laughs> or what y'all, what balcony it happened on or wherever you was in the car. Just it's the. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, when you open that gate for kids to kind of uh, converse, they kind of be there. They want to be honest. They want to ask, like, questions. You know, you'd be surprised the questions they ask. And then they ask you something that's, that, that you're going to have to answer honestly. They might. Oh, so, so, so are you going to have your wife approach your daughter, or are you going to have the conversation? Are we going to do it together, man? We're definitely going to do it together. Um, 
and we're not running from it. I feel like it's it's something that you have to have. They, if they don't learn from you and they don't get an understanding from you, then you 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 have to uh, undo what they learn uh, from their peers. You know, and, and it takes double the time to undo that. You know what they've learned. Yeah. We know in education. You know, you, you learn something the wrong way. It takes double the time, double the work to uh, to undo it in order from the them to learn the right way. And so we just gonna sit down. But I think it's a it's a progression to it. You know, like like you expose your kids to so much before they are able to actually um, process it, you'll turn them out. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, I, I mean, and just in anything, you know, I don't mean to come out like freaks like that. I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. But it also goes to the parents who don't care when they uh, make love, be all loud and stuff, knowing their kids can hit them in the other room and the kid be like five, six years old. The parents don't be caring sometimes. Shout out to those parents. <laughs> Do your thing. I ain't you know, I ain't judging. Do your thing. Just saying. <laughs> so, and if you can give a blueprint, you having daughter and a son. What are the yeah. two? Are you going to engage it differently? What are the two things you might lead off with? You don't have to go into a whole conversation, but how would you approach the situation in case we have someone watching right now that might want that advice? Like you said, you and your wife will sit down together. And I think that's a great thing. I think many people don't even think about sitting down together. They probably give the assignment to the same sex and say, hey, you need but sitting down together is way more powerful. So what is something you think, even though your wife is not with you now, what is something you guys you think would implement to start the conversation? Um, you know, I guess we'll, we'll first talk about sex ed, like where babies come from and kind of go through the whole spill of that. Um, and, and then, you know, talk about, how does it happen, you know, and, and, you know, I guess we'll, I don't know, man, I have to really look, look into it once we get to that, that, that page, because I have to, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to mess it up, so I yeah. really have to really study and, 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 and take some classes, you know, a lot of times we don't, as parents, we definitely feel like we just take what I, what our parents did, you know what I'm saying, and so, um, I really started looking at reading books and parenting books and, and doing, and then looking at classes to take, to actually understand this whole parenting thing, you know? And so when we get ready to have that sex talk, I'm gonna have a couple of classes under my belt to, you know, to be able to discuss it exactly. But I definitely will talk to, to them about um, where babies come from. And it's important because like old folks always t always say, girls bring them home. You know, <laughs> you know girls bring them home. You know what I'm saying? And so, with, with by me having two girls, you know, I gotta make sure they are well equipped. What 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 is the objective for for me and and why they um you know and some of the things that they will they would do or say or play uh, and, and pray on and um but I feel like those conversations already happen but in a in a lighter way you know what i'm saying like no you can't wear this you're not ready for it you know what i'm saying um and so me and my daughter we talk about we I, so I, she always she'll ask me certain things and i would tell her i always tell her i never say no i'll always tell you you're not ready for it you know what i'm saying or at a, it, you're too it's not it's not that it's not time and so she knows okay that means I have to, and I, we talked about you have to be mature enough to be ready to and get to um, to be able to receive the tensions and different things when it comes. And so, and so, and I tell her like little things that you do around the house and um, shows me if you're ready or you're prepared for it. You know, like how you listen to me, how you listen to me, 
how you um, handle yourself in public, how um, you address, you know what I'm saying? You, you address a boy that says something to you that's inappropriate. Like that lets me know if you're mature or ready or um, able to, to move to, to, to have more responsibility. And so that's what we talk about often. I hear what your brother told you all in that. Your brother gave you some really great advice. Shout out to him about what all comes with it. So much that comes with it. Even though you probably couldn't internalize it at this time, it seems like you've actually watered those seeds and actually giving some vines to them and bearing some great fruit. Because the reason I ask this question is because it's not just because of child support, but some of it is because of how many men are out there on child support, how many people are having babies that are not taken care of as, as a union. And it's starting to give this whole bad name between black men and black women, people getting angry and not just black people. Yeah. But the premise of my question came from my culture first and extends out to the rest of the world. So right. if I felt like we had this conversation of respect, self-love, it would be a better, you have better options and choices of what we choose to recreate in the world. Even though sex is fun, it's amazing. It's a fun activity. You're gonna do some reckless things. Everybody has their moments. But there's an, another level of responsibility that we need to at least be conscious of. Right, right, right. Uh, and I mean, just to talk about like what you were saying as far as like, you know, in our community, um, you know, it's very difficult to, you know, raise, raise something or, or, or do something that you, you yourself haven't been exposed to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very hard to raise a man if, you, if there wasn't no man to raise. Him, you know what I'm saying? And so, there's things, yes, the mother can provide and do the things necessary, but there's certain attributes um, a father gives to children to balance them out, you know? And so I feel like um, when it's unbalanced, you create unbalanced kids where they have to, they have to figure out what attributes that they receive from their parents that are, that are unbalanced and be able to, um, be able to bring that or heal from it or or balance it out themselves. So like when you think of single mothers, you know, a lot of single mothers, they feel overworked sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And that's because they're doing a job of two people, you know what I'm saying? And so they're doing a job of a, of a mom and a, and a, and a father. Um, and so with that, you know, their tempers are short, you know, and, and different things that they, 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 that comes into play. And so, when it comes to emotionally being stable for, for children, sometimes it doesn't come, it, you know, it's, it's sometimes it becomes unstable. And so not saying it's for every single mother, but it, it plays a part into to the upbringing and to the, uh, into the development of, of their children, you know? And so you definitely need a father, you need a mother, you need both parents there. They are so important. I mean, if Jesus had both parents, we, make, we have to have them too, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, it's, a, it's a pot of gumbo when it comes to that whole totality of the separated households, right? There are a, yeah. lot, of, there are a lot of governments things that were done. There were a lot of us things that were done. There were a lot of we things that were done. There are a lot of drunken uncles that were done and introduced things too early to the little nieces. There's a lot of all of and that, and the boys, and, and the boys, and the boys, and the boys. It's just a lot of that in a pot of gumbo where it's hard to separate which one when you scoop it out to deal with first when everything is just boiling over. And it's a long journey that we have, but I think, in my opinion, it's going to start with forgiveness by and by, and the people that can't renew 
their time and be better, you're going to have to just make them walk the plank. <laughs> walk the plank. You can't be on the ship anymore. I don't know, man, because I feel like, um, you know, like, just for me and my, you know, me and my wife, like, um, statistically, we shouldn't even be together. We shouldn't even made it. You know what I'm saying? Because um, we come, I come from, you know, divorced parents and then she comes from not having parents for a while, you know? And so in that, um, we had we had some habits that were not, you know, conducive for a, a long lasting marriage, you know? And so one of the things that I had to do, I had to really learn and understand my wife's upbringing, you know? And so um, it had it allowed me to be patient with some things, it allowed me to understand like how she, why she operate a certain way and, um, and be able to communicate effectively uh, how why these things affect me, you know what I'm saying? And so, and I think a lot of us, we, we, we miss that aspect of really understanding um, the importance of upbringing and, and how they were, how you lived when you were younger, you know? And so I'm a really routine person, but that's because we had routines growing up, you know what I'm saying? And so no matter if my parents were divorced, we still had routines at each house. Right. I believe trauma creates heroes and it creates villains. And I also believe in muscle memory. So when you yeah. meet somebody and two people come together, you have to remember that person you come together with had a muscle memory of doing whatever it is they do way before they met you, even if it's right or wrong or morality or whatever. And that right. way, that's where the point is, you have to be willing to stick along, stick around for that muscle memory to change. Oh, man. Worth it. Because you got to remember, if you want somebody to change something about themselves that is inaccurate or maybe a little bit off key, you're going to have to ask them over 2,000 times. Right, right, yeah. Maybe I mean, thirty thousand. <laughs> right, right, right. Right, yeah. and, and you only and you only have to see one inch of change. Even mm -hmm. if they was the person you asked them to be for three hours, and then they went that last twenty one, as they trying like that muscle memory, that innate ability just to to do it like that won't happen. And that's where the the forgiveness by and by comes in the part for me when it comes to long-term relationships. How good is the muscle memory you trying to change? How good are you trying to understand communication? Do yeah. you know the five love languages? Is it in your friendships as well as your marriages? Right. Are you giving out the same love language that you want to receive? Because that's not it. You, not it. you can demand what you want, but also you got to give out what is demanded. Oh man, you know what? When I read that book, man, the the, um, my wife love language was the was my lowest love language. Like, you know what I'm saying? So she, her love language was words of affirmation. You know what I'm saying? And so um, my lowest, I didn't, I didn't believe in words of aff affirmation because, you know, like being around men all my life, it was like, like if I came home and I had all A's and B's, I'm like, dad, I got all A's and B's. He's like, you supposed to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it's not an option. Like, I couldn't go, like, I can't go home and be like, dad, I'm a good dad. Like, you had him, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it was like, the, the affirmation wasn't there because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? And so- Muscle memory. Muscle memory. So, and so I never believed in affirmation. It was very difficult for me to um, learn words of affirmation. So, cause I always felt like, well, you're supposed to, you know what I'm saying? And so, I had to break that habit. And it took a while, man, it took years. It took years. I had to literally put a plan in place for myself to like, like I have a, like a, 
uh, alarm on my phone, I'd be like, give affirmation. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and so I can rebuild hey, this baby. Whatever you gotta do, whatever you yeah. gotta do. Because it's genuine because you plan to do it. And yeah. now you're making the steps. So it's whatever you gotta do in that regard. I mean, so many people, like I said, give out the love language they want in return instead of asking or trying to be more inquisitive about what that person needs because like you said it could be on your lowest tier and you have no idea how to give it but the fact it's the fact that you're doing the research and that you did try to give it is right. where the changes begin some people say you know what i can't figure it out i'm done she just right. got they she or he's gonna have to love me the way that i am and that's not enough in an ever-changing right. world where you get older every day things change every day seasons change every day it's just not enough to sit there and say hey this is me deal with it Right, right. But you know what? Like with, with marriage, you know, I always, you know, when people ask, you know, you, you have to single people like, is marriage, what is marriage like? I'm, I always tell them, it's like, you know, that, that seed that you plant in the ground, it's like uh, a diamond, you know what I'm saying? It has to go. You have two people with two different perspectives and you have to, you know, bend and mend to become, to have that one perspective. It doesn't mean y'all look, think alike or act alike. It just means that you're, there's understanding, you agree to disagree, y'all have a um, agreed vision for your family and your life that y'all working towards, you know, and, and, you, and you patient with their development. And, and and you have the idea, the aim is that we're gonna figure it out no matter what, you know what I'm saying? And so just like a diamond, it goes through the pressure, the heat in order to become that gem that, that, you, that you admire the most. And without that pressure and without that heat, it'll never become that gem, it'll just be a rock. And the same thing with a, you think about a um, seed, you plant the seed in the dirt and it, and it grows, you know, and it's being fed the nutrients it needs in order to move, in order to break out of the seed and break out of the dirt in order to uh, blossom. And so that's your marriage. You know, you gotta, you both come with your own insecurities, your own flaws, and you have to deal with them and you have to deal with them together and figure out how can you how can you operate in this marriage with all with your insecurities and your flaws where it's comparable for each other? And so without I, that, No, no, please finish. No, go ahead. Without that, it's just it just it it, it it takes a toll and then sometimes it doesn't work. I believe you. And I think sometimes <laughs> people don't understand that in marriage, this is my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. In marriage, you fall in and out of love constantly, but hopefully you don't fall out of like like is super important like makes you get up and do the things and do the work because you really like this person like is underrated love is very important i believe you fall in and out you can fall in and out of love not lose love for the person but to be in love with a person to discover new things about them and fall in love over and over again is the accomplishment of marriage but also like if you fall out of like with someone now you can't even stand the way that they breathe the way that they talk the way that they look you look for things that you just don't like Right, right? right and and hopefully you never get to that point where you always like that person and then you stay falling in love with different parts of them as much as you're going because you will discover new things about them dig yeah. deeper right they're worth right. it they're worth it trust me if they if they're worth it dig deeper yeah should there be a basic training program amongst men a level of education given out skill traits in the black community or any community, but we talk about financial literacy, communication, how to change a tire, how to change a tie, gardening, talking to the elderly with intent, doing general wealth building with stocks outside of the church, outside of the boys and girls club, outside of the school. I'm talking about 
home-based tribal building throughout the community. Eliminate stands, flea markets with our kids, financial literacy, fake money, monopoly money if we have to, doing chores for money. Like we're each household is establishing these things where it's reinforced by the adults to make it cool to have be financial literacy, cool to exercise, cool to eat your vegetables, cool to understand what economics is in the community. Yeah, I think there should be. Um, I, I feel like there's already, you know, there's um, groups already doing that in different neighborhoods. Um, well, let me not say different neighborhoods, different cities, and they may tar target specific neighborhoods. I think there's groups and they might focus on various different things. Um, there might be a hub for, um, but it's a specific program that's kind of like national, that kind of, um, like home in to, to all neighborhoods. I don't think that's, that's, I'm not sure if that's in place, um, but definitely I can think of very, I, I can think of a few programs that actually focus on um, one or two of those aspects, but as a whole, as a totality, that's something that, that, that is definitely needed. You know, I feel like amongst group of men, amongst um, friends that are trying to figure out this, this thing um, like they do it together, you know what I'm saying? Um, but as far as like I, me and my homies, we all in this one neighborhood and we're changing this neighborhood. That's, that's something that, that we really would need, you know? Um, Think about what it would look like. Take 10 of your closest friends that are all doing well in life that you that you say, I could trust you around my wife. You, my wife can trust around your husband. Did, did, will trust you around my kids. Cause you know, there are a lot of stuff that goes along with that. I can trust who you bring around my kids, who you bring around my wife. And we have a village and we are building. We, we have doctors, lawyers, we have this here. We have these things, these tools. They don't have to be these things, but these are yeah. the tools we're teaching in this household. These are the tools we teach in the house and we're all integrating and changing out and, and really creating legacy. Yeah, you know what I have, um, I can really say um, my line brothers, like we're, we kind of discuss that amongst ourselves, you know what I'm saying? And so you have doctors, you have a lawyer, you have engineers, you know, um, uh, music producers, business owners, and we kind of, we discuss different things amongst each other on how to actually do this job as 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 a man you know and we kind of encourage each other you know we you know we have our jokes like man this is tough and like yeah but suit up you know and we hold each other accountable you know um you know if you're not going to do right then you need to make some decisions you know <laughs> like we have like those tough conversations with one another and we hold each other accountable and so it's like this level of um this bar that we have set amongst ourselves we don't even know what it is, but we just know uh, excellence is the only is the only option, you know. And if it's not, you should be able to you you're gonna be called out on it. What do you need? You know, we want to see each other. We want to see each other succeed. And whatever whatever what uh, what support you need, we're here for. You know, um, whether it be encouraging, whether it be hey, you just need a shoulder to cry on. Um, and you know, I have. You know, they're calling, like I had one of my line brothers, he'd give me a call and say, how's your kids? Like, like how is their mental? Like, is it, are they progressing the way you want them to? Right. You know, thing, you, know and you don't really have conversations like that amongst um, men. You know, you just kind of just, my kids getting on my nerves, you know, but. Right, like, right, right, right. 
but really having those conversations like how's that mental like um what did you do with your kids you know um can you share like one of my line brothers he well quite a few of them they, they ask like can you share what you how you discipline your kid like <clears throat> how did you what what program did you use when your kids were toddlers to help them progress in school you know and so we have that kind of conversation um and i think you have you have men in their groups that's doing that you know specifically but um as a whole i i think men is just starting to get comfortable with just speaking anyway <laughs> you know what i'm saying i think that that's been a turn um, for the past, you know, I think our generation, maybe the generation right before, where we actually able and feel comfortable communicating about, you know, this thing called life as a man and, and our insecurities. For those listening right now, please explain what a line brother is for those who don't know. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, I'm part of a fraternity, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. And so, um, you pledge with um, a group of young men. So, that's when you actually cross the burning sands of um, a particular year um, in a day. And so um, I'm Prairie View a University and part of, um, I crossed the Road Theta chapter of Omega Sapphire Fraternity Incorporated. And so on my line, it was 15 brothers. And so, including myself. And so all 15 of us are, um, we, we crossed in 2005, March 20th, 2005. And so <clears throat> we, um, and we're, you know, we talk and we have these conversations, you know, and we have spits and we have um, spills. We, you know, we're brothers, you know? And so, um, and for me, it was, I have already had four brothers. So I was like, I don't really need no new brothers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, but by going through our, you know, our process and becoming close, they're close to me, just like my brothers, you know? And so we will have those same tough conversations. We hold each other accountable. Um, we talk about our kids and what we can do to support each other with the kids. And, you know, and we talk about if if my son wants to be a doctor, well, you you, you can go to your, your uncle Saint, you know what I'm saying? Cause he's a, a neurosurgeon. So you go to him, you talk to him, what was his process? How did he, how'd he do it? And so we always talk about um, where our kids want to be in life and then who can they talk to? You know, we have farm, we have a farmer, we have, <laughs> we have a lawyer, we have a doctor, we have a geophysicist, we have a, um, a teacher, we have administrators, we have um, mechanical engineers, chemical engineers, you know, we have them, you know, we have a lot on our line in itself. And so that's our network. That's our, that's my close niche network outside of, you know, everybody else that you know. Okay, I have a new question here for you on the show. This is a brand new question. This is not an audible. This is a new question added to the doc, and you're the first person we're going to ask this question today. Are you ready? This is an audible. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, this is an audible. This is not an audible. This is not. This is the, a brand new question. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Do you see yourself represented in entertainment and in media today, and how does that make you feel? Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, I see myself in certain aspects, certain parts of me, um, in the, in, in an entity. Um, so you have, you know, the business person, the, um, the one that's political, you know, 
one is in politics, the one in entertainment, the things that you like and the things that you you groove to. You know, I think I think as a whole, we're represented, but you will never find one person representing all of you. You know what I'm saying? And so like I might be a basketball player, so I see like LeBron James. I'm like, okay, he represents the things that I may be looking and moving towards. If I want to be a rapper, I see Jay-Z and he maybe look look similar to what what um I want to move towards. But I think as African American men that we're it's so much of a we we're not one fit all. We don't just fit in a box. You you're right about that. But and so let's take that example you just gave. Jay-Z, you say Jay-Z is a billionaire rapper. That is the first thing you think about, right? When you say LeBron James, you think one of the greatest NBA players of all time. Right. Now let's I'm gonna take it all the way there. When you yeah. say Bill Cosby, you say you the people think of rapists, right? Or they think of America's dad. Right? right? Those right. two things. So in that aspect, are there any representations of who you are being the man who has been planning, working on your life, being an upstanding black father? Do we have that representation today? Um, no, not, I can't specifically say um, anybody that's on the screen that I know of that is a great father, you know what I'm saying? Or great, or somebody working towards that. Um, maybe, um, maybe a motivational speaker, maybe like Eric Thomas or somebody like that. Um, but but as far as seeing that representation of me on a daily basis, no, because I feel like when you said that, yes, you know, you think of celebrities and you think of, um, I guess they all celebrities. The question but comes from our childhood. We were children. We had Family Matters. We had all these shows. Right. We think of Carl Winslow. You think of a dad. He's a guy trying to figure it out, even though he's a cop right. and all this other stuff. But he was a dad. Like those representations of fathers. Maybe I need to augment the question a little bit. Do you yeah. see representation of black fathers? Maybe I need to make the change. Do you see us as a representation where we actually have balance of who we are? Um, no, it's not a it's not a huge representation. It's definitely not like when we were younger, um, where you have various different shows. I think you're definitely gonna have to um you have to find some aspect of it in maybe a Netflix show or something like that. I don't know. It might be one or two. Uh, How does that but, make you feel? Um, it's very disheartening. For me, it's disheartening for my kids, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I feel like, and I, I just had this conversation with, with somebody, I, I, and I told them, I said, for me, it, it was different because being from Detroit, everything was black, you know what I'm saying? And so we had Black Mayor, we had like council members, we had lawyers, doctors, everything I saw was black, you know what I'm saying? And so when I left, when I left Detroit, I knew I was black through and through and I was proud to be, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't mean that I had to be a certain way. It's just, knew, I just knew who I was and where I come, where I came from, you know what I'm saying? And the shows that were being, we were seeing, we sat down, you know, before the divorce as a family, <laughs> as a family and we watched them, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, <laughs> so it's kind of like, but for my kids, we literally have to search and find, you know, and a lot of times I, I will have to tell my daughter, like, it's okay, you can watch everything, but you definitely have to watch somebody that represents you. And she, and you know, and she came back and said, it's difficult, baby. 
Like, and that's what she said. That's very difficult to find. And if I, and when she do find them, she's like, and I don't like their shows. I think that's that. That's one thing that's why I added the question because it, I've been watching a lot of stuff lately. It's hard for me to find anything to watch with my son or watch uh, that it doesn't draw the full line of being over-sexualized or this, that, and the third. So it's just a question I'm gonna start asking the men to see if we can come to a place and come to a decision where we start thinking about it, maybe take some action, and maybe they will see that these things need to be reproduced back into production. Now, yeah. it comes time for that real intrusive question. It's a question that's very intrusive. Now, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but I ask that you drop a gem. It's a two-part question. Are you ready for this question? I'm ready. I think I'm ready for all questions right now. <laughs> they difficult. They've been good. I like it. Go ahead. What was abusive to you that you thought was love? Oh, um, the way my parents communicated. Mm. I thought it was thought it was love, tough love, but it was end up being abusive. How did you not, recognize it? How did I recognize it? Um my wife shined a light on me. And she was like, you know, like I'm a, I was a aggressive speaker, like as far as like, I, I expressed myself real aggressively. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I was gonna, you know, I don't, I'm not, I wasn't built that way. And so in my mind, I didn't call you out your name. I was good. You know what I'm saying? I might be like, I don't like that, Whoa. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so my wife was like, well, you talking to me like anybody off the street. Right. And I'm not anybody off the street. And so I was, you know, in my mind, I, could, I was saying, you know, good things, but because my approach and my delivery was trash, I had to, I had to figure it out. Um, and then also my best friend, I remember he telling me, one day, we was actually in college. This is when I really um, started the journey. He said, we love you, we know you. You know what I'm saying? And so we know how you are. But everybody else don't know you like that, Mel. And so you gotta watch how you talk to people. <laughs> Cause they, they take offense to it. And so in my mind, you know, I'm around dudes. We And then they're my friends. So I'm like, this is how we talk. And so, I, <laughs> so I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. You know, and if, and if you couldn't take it, I would condemn you, you know what I'm saying? And so I had to realize like, that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wasn't raised the same way and everybody don't receive um, <laughs> the way I speak to people are all the same. So. I can agree with that, man. I actually have to hold back sometimes because where I come from, what we did was snap, do the dozens, Jones, whatever you want to call it. All we did was make fun of all our problems and all our insecurities. So it gave me a really tough skin. But how long did it take for you to accept the message being given? Oh man. So when he said it, I accepted immediately, but I ain't know how to change it. You know what I'm saying? I just, so, uh, so what I would normally do because I didn't know how to change it, I just wouldn't say nothing, you know? And so I would just be quiet. And so I would have, I literally had to figure, you know, I would make mistakes, you know, I would say something. I'm like, okay, that's not how I should have said it. And so I would have to stop and process it a lot. And so, um, it wasn't until I read a book called, um, Crucial Conversations. And so it kind of gave me some skills that I needed in order to communicate effectively. Um, and so 
after that, it just, it's been cool. You know, I, I make mistakes here and there, but it's not, it, it's not that bad. And so even like with my wife, like we have, like she'll have that, she has, we have this look that she does when she, like when I'm getting to that point, she'd be like, that, and I'd be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, I'm like, all right. So. Right. My wife takes an extra precaution to try to make sure I don't get hyped because I'm, the people that are always happy and jolly are complete opposite when it's time to go ahead of steam. And I've learned to have that muscle memory over the years. In fact, she's learned to come talk to me first before I get any news about what's going on, whether it's some disrespect or some integrity being challenged. She makes sure that these things are in place so yeah. I can have opportunity to think about my next move. So I appreciate her for recognizing that. Yeah, yeah so it's definitely, it's definitely with other people. My wife would be like, you know, she she have to she have to warn me first because and so it allows me to process it. Um, but like within this journey that I've been on, like it's been it's actually been better, man. I've been at a at a different place because I'm 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 not angry, you know what I'm saying? So I really came to a point where I'm healed, where it, it's very difficult to to rouse me. But when I am roused, it's a it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. Now it's yeah. time for your fourth audible. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> we almost done with the, we almost done with the questions in the show today, but I I have to ask you this question because we have now visited outside the country and lived outside the country. Right. Do you sometimes get survivor's remorse when you're watching the sunset in the most beautiful places around the world? No, man, I don't get survival remorse um, because um, I feel like, like I said, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my life is not my own. So in my mind, I'm doing it for my students that I'm, you know, that I'm still connected to on Facebook or Instagram and they see me doing something and they're like, oh, I can do that. Or, um, or my niece or my cousins, like, oh, I can go overseas. You know, if they have that opportunity, they they all know it's it's I'm capable of doing it because my cousin did it. You know, he comes where I'm from, or he he's been where I've been, and so I know I can do it. And so I always, so when I'm there, I enjoy it because I know I'm someone's gonna do it after I after I leave. You know, and somebody's gonna follow in my footsteps. So I don't get survival remorse. I'm, this is what I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Absolutely. I love that answer. I love that answer. Now I want to poll you. I want to know the top three things you want in a woman. Now I just don't want to know any of it. I know you watch the show, so you know what I'm looking for, but I want you to be honest. What are the yeah. top three things you want in a woman? There's word I'm looking for that I feel every man should have. Now, subjugated towards you, there's no wrong answer. What do you need? Um... Respect. Um, intelligence, definitely intelligence. You gotta be able to hold a conversation. Um, and be able to have a good time, man. Like, hey. you know what I'm saying? Like when, cause when it's all said and done, kids are gone, we accomplished what we have. Can we still enjoy each other? Do we like each other? Like yeah, do we like each other? Like each other. I can't, I can't enjoy you. Why, why are we doing it? Like, why are we here? You know? 
Absolutely. And intelligence, you know, is the one I always talk about because beauty phase things happen. But if you have somebody emotionally stable and all the forms of intelligence that it brings for you, right? Something amazing that you always discover new love languages and new likes and new loves and fall in love and then outside again. That's just a tad bit of information. Anybody's watching, looking for somebody, look for the mindset. Trust yeah. me, you're going to love that more than the physical attributes. Which physical attributes is a plus and respect is everything. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. I, I, don't, I think, I believe like intelligence, you need it, you know? Um, something can happen, like you can get in a car accident, you blind, but you know, you can't hold a conversation <laughs> with your <laughs> one you love, it's like, it's not gonna last. So I think that's the big thing too. Absolutely. God forbid, anybody get into any car accidents, go yeah. blind. Let's say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> As a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? There's no wrong answer, but you got to choose one and explain why. A good woman. Why? Because a good woman knows how to be a good wife. Okay. I, I never I never asked men to elaborate. If that's what you need, I hear you. I hear you. Well, what does that look like? <laughs> no, I never asked, but I gotta ask you. What does that look like? Good what does a woman look like? Um, you know what I'm saying? A good woman pretty much knows <laughs> it's another audible i feel like this is audible yeah, i'm just messing with you you ain't gotta answer that i just wanted to do that i was super hypocritical I, I never asked but let me go ahead and ask now that's what i was laughing at just being funny <laughs> no it's cool well that's what you need and i totally respect it a good woman knows how to be a good wife and absolutely she knows how to be a bunch of things you know how to be a friend a lover a wife a mother so yes yeah. i agree with you a thousand percent yeah. We talk about leaving a legacy, but we mostly ignore major steps. Mm -hmm. Do you have a will? Um, no, I don't have a will. That's something that we actually talked about uh, this year, establishing a will for our kids. Um, and so, and that's that's on one of my to-do lists for this year. So, um, you know, when I talked about earlier, having um, my 10 year plan and breaking it all the way down. And so in this year, that's something that we have to do is um, a will for the kids. Um, and so we'll, I put that in my project book as well. You know, the hardest thing is not talking about the will for me. The hardest thing was deciding who I would leave my children with. Should me and my wife vote me to untimely demise. Yeah. A lot of people don't think about that. Who are you going to leave your kids with? Who are you going to ask to say, hey, can you take custody? of my kids if something happens to us? Yeah, you know what? We had that conversation um, before me and my wife. Like who would who would take, who would we send our kids to um, so if something happened? And we really looked at um, who will have, who will instill in them the same characteristics that we want um, to have in them and will develop and cultivate their purpose that that they that we see in them and, and they see in themselves and so um you know lord forbid something happened we have some people in mind you know um, i have an auntie um that we we will we looked into we also have you know my mom my dad that's still a they still around um and they still strong-minded and i have a brother you know and so we looked into that and so where would they go and where would they be um, and so it's very difficult because you want them to be in a two-parent household, but Lord forbid, they may not be. 
And so one of the things that in the midst of me studying, I'm actually writing a book so that way I can leave for my kids if something is to happen. And so that way they'll get the understanding and the knowledge that I don't have, I, um, that I gained over the years. I was just about to ask you that. I was going to ask you, were you going to take this planning book and make it available for other fathers who need to have a basic level of instruction on how to even start planning? I think that's something that you should, you already wrote it. <laughs> now, now all kids are not going to do gymnastics, but there is all kids have activities. Yeah, all but you know, remember when I talked about like developing a certain characteristics in your kids, and so we chose gymnastics for my oldest because she had a, um, an instant gratification um, behavior. You know, what I'm saying so. If anything got, she didn't. She don't like to persevere when things get hard, and so in gymnastics, you can't move up until you master each thing. Mm. No so matter how. How, if you did it good once, you have to do it consistently. And so because of that, we, because of she had uh, uh, instant gratification um, habit, we were just like, boom, gymnastics is what you're doing. <laughs> so, right, see, I, I, you're teaching me right now. The planning book, I've never thought about that. Having an actual plan for my wife and her having a plan for me, like these things, a lot of people need to have more conversation. If there was a book I could follow or instruction manual, it'd be good. Let's let's take it all the way back to kids of VCRs when you put a tape in the machine. When you used to buy a VCR, it came with an instruction manual. Most people never read the instruction manuals on anything. It can answer all your questions. So all your this, what we need, what we need is an instruction manual on how to get this right so we have a basic level of communication where we can say, hey, Mel Book Chapter 8, man, you need to take a look at it. Oh, yeah, you exactly that's exactly oh yeah i help you out with that because i did i understand that the basic level of textbook it makes a level of communication Bad. Bad. I'm, like you. I'm charging you with that now all right I'm a, when i get ready to do it i'm gonna have to let you do the forward <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds great i'm with it validation from your partner it's like you win a championship when you meet the right woman but mr mel i ask you this question do you defend the title are you competing with the best versions of yourself, still being that strapping man who's out going to get massage lessons to make sure you are defending the title? Yes, man, I definitely am, man. I think, um, you know, um, as the time continues to uh, pass, I learn more and more about my life, you know what I'm saying? And by me learning more and more, I have like, I don't know, man, I just, you know, I have this mindset of, always attaching a purpose to each thing, you know what I'm saying? And so attaching a purpose to my marriage. And so it, it's, it, will, it's, it keeps me, you know what I'm saying? And I just remember reading this book, uh, Man Searching for Meaning by um, Victor Frankl. And he was saying how um, if a man has a why, it will endure anything. And so by me have, attaching a purpose to my marriage, it allows me to endure, you know, the bad habits that I'm trying to break in order to have you know, the poster child for uh, for marriages. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so, and that's my uh, that's my aim. You know, to when people look at my marriage, they'll say, "Oh, this is I can. How did y'all get there?" And then we can talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't it wasn't all peaches and cream. Like you said, there's ups and downs, and there are hills and there are valleys. But all in all, we endured, and here we are, this gem for people to look and admire. With all your gems and information that you've given out today, if your son was a grown man today, you can pour whatever knowledge from you directly into him. 
His question to you will be this. When should I get serious about a woman? When you have a vision and you're working towards your vision and you have a plan for it. Until then, leave a woman where she's at. Because if you don't have a vision for your life, you don't know what you're looking for in a helpmate, and you don't know what you're gonna do in order to provide. And so, until then, work on yourself, work towards, work towards that vision, put it on paper, map it out, work on it every day, and be the best person that you can be. Absolutely, well said, sir. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean, and what I mean by that is, is purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Again, I say purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Purpose meaning living in your purpose, doing the things you are, designing yourself to be the greatest you can be. Health means you're meditating, eating right, praying, doing the things you need for great health. Confidence means you're doing without any fear or any insecurities. Money, you saved a little money, made a little money, spent a little money today as investment, and knowledge, you took in some new information. All right. I took each of those that were 20% each, totaling up to 100% for a five to six day period. Each day gives you an average. So if you're not working hard, 60, 65% tells you you're not working towards your dreams of being the person in totality that you plan to be. If you are hitting the goals of 93% and above, you know wow. that you have the focus and tunnel vision need to acquire to the goal. So I ask you, Mr. Mel, out of purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge, how much of 100% have you been operating out of in the last 24 hours? Oh man, definitely not 100, I'm, I'm not perfect. Um, knowledge, 20, I, I literally sat down and read, um, who, moved, who moved my cheese? Wow. That's, That's another, you, you know what, not the country, you've been dropping some really classic books today, okay? And, and, and you know, many people that read sometimes have trouble recalling the authors, uh -huh. but you were spot on point. I'm going <laughs> to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to read a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Okay. Um, I might add that to my list. You know, you, I get a book list. And so when people drop a book on me, I write the list that I write it on my list. So that way I can add it to my, um, to my library. I, be, I believe in I think it was Les Brown who was saying that you should have a um, a library. You should have a um, tangible library and you should have an um, audio library. And so I'm really big on that. And so that's gonna be something I add to it. You know, side note, before we go further, Les Brown has come up in my last four interviews. Les really? Brown has really been a testament for men out there. They've all mentioned what he's done. And I just wanna shout out to Les Brown for being just a great, incubator for men to grow and be better people i'm sure he's helping people as well but the for the men on this show les brown i thank you yeah that man literally when um being here um i was at a moment where i was like try, really searching for like what i'm supposed to be doing listen to les brown eric thomas um and one of the things that eric thomas said he was like what are you what do you want to be a guru of? You know what I'm saying? And so that made me really hone in and really think about the, you know, what I wanted, what I wanted to do. Because I think we ultimately have to have a job, but you're placed here on earth to have to do work. And so what is the work that I'm supposed to be doing? And that made me think about what do I want to be a guru of? 
you know? And so shout out to Eric Thomas, Detroit brother. <laughs> shout out to Eric Thomas. Shout yeah. out to Detroit. Shout out to D. Yeah. Let's go on the health out of 20%. So health, um, I ate right. Um, I meditate. I meditate every morning. So that's part of my morning routine. So I meditate, I pray, um, uh, and I read my Bible every morning. So I would say roughly, but I did have cookies today. So I'm going <laughs> to say, <laughs> I'm at 16, I'm going to say 15, 16% there. You know what I'm saying? The cookies, it was two. <laughs> Confidence? Confidence, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say 15, 15. You know what? Just from what I was reading, uh, who moved my cheese, man, it made me really evaluate where, which, which person I was in the book. And so um, I was hard. And so, really, yeah, yeah. So I realized, like, I'm at a place of hall. I, you know, I'm not sniffing around and I'm not um, scurrying around in, in some aspects, but um, I'm in hall where I'm actually in the process. And I feel like that's who he was. He's in the process of getting to um, a goal that he's trying to reach, and that's that's why I feel like I'm at. Right now. <laughs> yeah. It's been years to that book, man. You brought hard, man. That was a serious book. Has it was. It's a serious yeah. book. Yeah, so I never, you know, I, I, I just, somebody dropped it on me and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm a order it. And I ordered it, I looked at it, and I was like, 96 pages? Bet, I'm gonna read it right now. And so I read it today. Literally sat down and read it today. Um, yeah, that book so, is something. Man. It, it reminds me of Rich Dad, Poor Dad a little bit. Yeah. In some cases. Yeah, that one and what's the other one everybody reads? The Millionaire Next Door. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we um, have purpose, health, confidence, money. 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 Um, I would say I'm operating roughly around 10%. I am in a um doing a total money makeover. Um, and I'm learning finances and I am creating a foundation um for myself to move forward. You know, I think I, really? I didn't have I didn't have budgeting skills. You know, I can I can manage my money, but I didn't have a budget skill where it's where I can where I am operating in the way that I should be moving for the actual purpose that I have for my life. And so I had to revamp it. That is eighty one percent, sir. That's is it? good. Yes, it is. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that was that high. I would have told myself 60. <laughs> no, no, 81%. That's good. That's good. I mean, listen, it's hard to operate at 100%. If you really challenge yourself, if you really have a no excuse attitude, it's hard to maintain that every day. When you're operate operating at your best purpose, best health, best confidence, best money, best knowledge. And the secret sauce is consistency. Mm -hmm. Very hard to put in that secret sauce. Secret sauce. That's what's up. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who come out the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before you go, you know we love to get referrals for the show. Is there anybody you would like to come on, drop these gems, and answer these questions? Yeah, I would say uh, Anton James. Um, Anton James. Well, you got to connect us with Mr. Anton James. Let's get it going. Let's get him on the Solutions for Men so he can answer these questions. Now... We'd love for you to give shout outs or anything you like to promote or anything you like to say here. We'd love for you to spill it out. Um, yeah, I, you know what I'm gonna do? Um, a 
foundation that my, my first cousin, she did after she had cancer. My sister, uh, Pink Journey, my, my sister's Pink Journey. And it's a foundation that helped that provide assistance to those those women that are going through breast that has breast cancer and so it actually when she was going through it they there was a foundation that provided for her um that helped pay her bills that helped do different things you know so that way she wouldn't have to lean on the family 24 7. and so she started one for for us for our culture and so so my What's sister name of it again my sister pink journey my sister pink journey everybody check out my sister pink journey go and donate go help someone you don't know Go help someone that you have no reciprocity to. Trust me, sometimes we just need to give and not get nothing in return because people need it and you need it. Right, most definitely. For those listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show or on any platform, Facebook, Clubhouse, Instagram, Twitter, or in the streets if you see me. Before we go, let's have a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own true standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. So question of the day, question of your life. Are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions. Mr. Mel, we thank you for finally coming on the show. We hope you had a great time. And I did. I appreciate you having me, man. It was an honor. Man, we salute you, man. Everybody, peace. Peace.